is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 56 of This Blonde Can Talk About Anything. My name is Melanie with two L's because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week to the next. And I am your hostess with the mostest. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If it's not, welcome back. So this is the point in the year where I would probably, you know, do an um, an NFL preview show. And some of you have been tweeting me, asking me about the NFL preview show. Um, I'm not doing that this year. <laughs> Last year I did an NFL preview show and my predictions were bold, but um, well, Tom Brady retired for, for 40 days and that was really hard on me. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to do another NFL preview show. I will say that I'm very excited for the NFL season, which is Starting, this is the last podcast that will come out without there being an NFL game in the in the week. So I'm very excited and I predict it's going to be a fun season for all NFL fans. This week, I have the magnificent Denise Boutte, who I am such a fan of. She is an incredible actress. She's got a new project coming out that I can't mention because it hasn't been publicly mentioned yet, but I'm very excited about it. And when I can tell you about it, I will definitely do that over on Twitter and Instagram. But yeah, Denise Boutte was mentioned here, um, you know, a f- few episodes back when Lazarelle Lizon joined me to talk about Unknown, which Denise also worked on. She is just a force and I'm just very, very glad that she, um, she, she decided to come on this crazy little show of mine that you all tune into, which I'm so grateful for. So for those of you who don't know, Denise is an actress and she's an incredible freaking actress at that. So I want you guys to, you know, vibe with her, like listen to the interview because she says a lot of great stuff and there's a lot of great advice in there for, um, I really need to stop saying, um, (laughs) um, there's a lot of advice in there for upcoming actors or aspiring actors, if you will. And a lot of like little fun stories and stuff. She was really great. And I enjoyed my time with her. So without further ado, I'm going to shut up (laughs) and toss it to my interview with the fabulous Denise Boutte. Hi. Hi. You are so beautiful. It's kind of gross. Oh, God. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, that's all the compliments I need for the day, girl. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm familiar. I'm actually very familiar with uh, with you and and your work because I've been watching it for a, a while. Oh, yeah, so I already you. knew. You're welcome. I already knew oh. you were beautiful. I just didn't know I'd get to tell you that. Especially oh, when I like this, but... <laughs> you are so sweet. I love the hair. Thank you. It's a wig. My real hair is so badly in need of a dye job. I'm going to do it tomorrow, but I just didn't feel like. I'm not oh my feeling God, great. That so. looks so good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really into hair these days. So that's why I've noticed. I'm into hair too. I mean, I think as soon as I've decided, okay, I'm actually going to actively pursue acting, I started just toying with hair and like yeah. changing my look so that I wouldn't actually have to change anything, but could still go into like <laughs> acting rooms and look different. To so- switch it up. Yeah, no, I always saw horrible wigs. And I was like, I'll never do that. Oh, la, 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 la. And then one day I had to do it for a, um, a, for a role. And I was just like, oh, this is good. I was like, this is fun, <laughs> you know? And then it was just like, okay, if you have the right person do it, it's fine. Yeah, as long as you don't buy like, a, you know, some people go on Amazon and they buy their wigs and then they look, it looks really bad and you could just tell. And I'm always just like, stay away from that. I, I try to keep my hair usually platinum blonde because- 
I'm Italian. So my hair grows in very dark. So it's hard to get it. So that's why if I'm ever, they want me to dye my hair, you know, brown or something for a, for a role. I'm always like, can we, can we do a wig? Cause I don't want it. It's so hard to get it back. It's a lot. Yeah. And it damages your hair. And then when you're working, they burn the crap out of your hair anyway. Yep. You know, so I'm just like, "Mm -mm, I'm not toying with my stuff. I'm done. You're not here to talk about hair though. (laughs) So no, no, (laughs) here to talk about your work and your upcoming project. And the one that I can't talk about, which I'm so excited for you that I can't mention it, but congratulations (laughs) on that. Thank you. I think that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. I don't know. They're they're keeping me in the dark too. So I'm just like, okay, we'll just, just wait until they make a formal announcement and see what happens. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. (laughs) So you do have a film that's coming out very soon though, right? It's called Angie's Cure. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me about it? This is not wine. (laughs) It's cranberry juice. That's all good. (laughs) It's like, yeah, right. No, no I, I don't you. drink, but I'm always like, I was like, I might as well make myself feel good. Yeah. So I know. But um, no, Angie's Cure actually debuted at the Bronner Brothers Hair Show. I have to say that very, very slowly. Bronner Brothers Hair Show in Miami this past weekend. And we did a local premiere, but uh, yeah, this was on a much larger scale. So yeah, it was. It was cool. I mean, when I saw it here, I was like cringing in my seat the entire time because it was something such a departure from what I normally do. I mean, she was down and dirty and just like when I say no hair, well, again, the hair was there. It was just askew, like her wig, you know, she she did the bad one and it was crooked. And I mean, like no makeup, no nothing, you know, and she was just verbally abusive you know, on every drug imaginable, like it was a departure and it was, it was kind of, it was very scary. It was very scary to do something like that because I was like, you feel naked. Like there's nothing, you know, but a performance saving you. So yeah, it was very, um, it was a very cool experience and uh, they were very supportive, very supportive of it. Cause I made some pretty strong choices and, um, Lynette Tichelle is uh, one of the folks that was executive producing. And then Corey was the director and executive producer. So yeah, they let me kind of have fun with it and do what I needed to do. So it was, it was pretty cool. Is there any way that people can see it like right now outside of theaters or is it just, are we, are we waiting for that? Not yet. From what I understand, they did get distribution, but exactly where it is, I'm not sure, but yeah, sooner rather than later or whatever, you should be able to, uh, to catch it and oh here's the funniest story so I had to like smoke a joint or whatever in like one of the opening <laughs> scenes I had to do it a few times right and so I went to I'm not going to disclose who I went to and I was just like oh yeah you you can show me how to do this thing and he was like okay he was like so you don't it's not a cigarette he was like so you kiss the joint and I was like kiss the joint so he's like yeah and he's like you gotta take this deep breath I was like okay and so I kissed he was like no 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 no, not like that he was you know and so he was giving me another tutorial and so we get in the scene and I did this the day before so I was like okay I got this (laughs) action action comes on and I'm just start like kissing the joint and like cut Denise what are you doing I was like fool 
someone still told me to kiss the jury like not literally oh my god I was like well I know I'm supposed to suck it in they're like oh my god they were like okay do what you can and we'll cut around it I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be just so the very lost. opening yeah, I mean, the very opening scene of the movie. So needless to say, the guy or whatever that was with me in that scene, he did it, okay? And so I just basically, you can't even see me because my hand is covering my mouth and I passed it. So <laughs> <laughs> so he saved me. Yes, yeah, so there you go. There It worked that time because he took it up for me. So <laughs> I mean, that you know, thank God for other actors, right? Because sometimes we just we are just so lost for me personally really? like you're talking about being naked this is naked for me like usually I'll have you know like like long hair extensions in and like these big eyelashes and and I kept doing really? that and yeah and my mentor one day was like when you are more yourself that's when you're gonna book jobs they'll put all that shit on you stop oh. putting it on and I was like but I'm, I'm I've been like I'm like this in my everyday life and she was like that's really great but don't don't go in the casting room like that and so for me it's been hard mm. to pull back because I'm like oh I'm not as pretty or whatever and she was like why are you so afraid of of being ugly and vulnerable and I'm like now you're saying I'm ugly and she's like no I'm saying yeah. why are you afraid to perform ugly like nobody's ugly and I was like mm. you're probably you're right and but it is yeah. hard to strip yourself down for a character especially when you know People don't know this, but the camera sometimes is like inches away from your face. So you can't hide anything. And it's, it's so when they say close up, it's like, <laughs> whoa, you know? And so, like I said, that's why I was cringing so much. So you get it. You totally understand, you know? Yeah. And uh, after we wrapped, I mean, that's what I said, you know, you have to go and get interviewed or whatever, either during the shoot, which totally breaks you out of character. I don't know why they do that, but I did mine at the end and I just started crying. They were just like, are you okay? And I was just like, I feel naked. <laughs> I mean, I never had to be that vulnerable, you know, in a scene. So you totally understand where I'm coming from. I mean, it's just like, you don't have a mask, yeah. you know, it's like the camera sees everything, you know? What's so, interesting yeah. about the mask, yeah. even when you're doing it in real life, sometimes people will see through it. And that happened to me. I, I met like, my ultimate like favorite act living actor and I, at the time I wasn't doing well mentally and I was I, but I had my hair and I was well put together and he looked at me and he said something's wrong and I was like what and he was like your mm -hmm. eyes are sad and I was like how do you know and he's like I'm too old like yeah. you're young and you can you can fool all your friends but you can't fool me and then that's when I realized that like maybe putting all that stuff on wasn't doing me any favors in a you. casting situation yeah, yeah, but at the same time, if I if I have this crazy aspiration to be the next or the first female Marlon Brando, I I can't keep hiding, no. you know what is. Because no. the camera, the by camera sees it. Yeah. Do you mind me asking you who the actor was? It was Brian Cranston. Really? Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I could see him totally reading you in two I, seconds. I yeah. told him, you know, I, I revealed to him that I had been watching Malcolm in the Middle and I'd always wanted a dad like him. And he cried. He just grabbed me. Oh, and, are you and serious? The, yeah, yeah, I'm dead serious. I, my friend committed suicide. And instead of calling or sending an email, he sent me a, a video. And he was like, hi, Melanie, it's me, it's Brian. And he was like, 
first of all, I know it's your birthday. So happy birthday. And then he went on to sort of like he wanted to offer me comfort, but I could see on his face that he knew that there was nothing he could do or say to make that pain go away. And I think he wanted Mm -hmm. me to see that he was sincere and that meant so much to me. And mm. when I met Brian, I actually, the way that I met him was weird. I tell the story all the time. Went to the film festival. I was like, I'm going to meet Brian Cranston here. Didn't know that the film festival had like a million people who also wanted to meet him. So that did not happen. But I met the director of his film and she like ended up totally loving me. And she introduced me to him like six months later at the premiere for the film. And at that same premiere, she introduced me to her husband, who is the son of Aaliyah Kazan, who discovered Marlon Brando, who is the whole reason that I ever went into acting. And I got to hear these beautiful stories about Marlon and who he was as a human being, because so many people forget actors are people. And just to hear about who he was, it made me feel so good to know that like, yeah, he was flawed and he was broken, but at his core, he really just wanted to be loved and he was just a really good person. And that made me so happy. I'm for me, it's important that the people that I admire know that I admire them. So I've heard on this podcast, I've reached out to people that nobody would expect, like Brad Dourif, who voices Chucky. I could care less. Uh I care less about Chucky. The person behind, yeah, but yeah. I've seen oh, all. You know, voiceover actors don't get the credit they deserve. But the thing is, and is you can you don't recognize them. You recognize their voice. Well, but you don't yeah. re- recognize them. But yeah. I do because I'd seen all the old movies that he did. And he did an episode of Criminal Minds. And that episode stuck with me. And I asked him and he was like, I'm too old. I don't do these things. And then the next day he was like, I'll do it. And then he was on my show for three weeks. He was, it was great. Oh, so speaking, wow. since I mentioned Criminal Minds, you did the bounce back with uh, oh. Shmore Moore. And I remember because oh, you I went did to the, your research. I uh-huh. went to the premiere of that film actually oh, here in, in, in Toronto. Yeah. What was it oh. like working with him? He seems like such a nice man. That was so fun. I remember that. In fact, you know what? I had to scramble two days before because he actually called me like direct and he was just like, ready to go to Toronto. I was just like, what? <laughs> Dude, my passport was expired. So I literally had to jump. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that thing. So when I dug it up, I was like, oh crap. So I had to go and like try to get it expedited really quick. He is so nice. Like he really is. He inspires you because he's so filled. He's like a ball of energy. You know, like you feel like a loser, like a slacker on the side of him because he's just so like pumped Intense. about everything, just like happy. Yes. Yes. I mean, and in between like takes and stuff, he was going work out. Like he had his old workout gym or whatever in his trailer. Yeah. So when the camera was setting up for scenes, he was in there, ah, you know, and getting <laughs> ready from just like, oh my God, you make me tired just looking at you. Oh my God. And that was the first time I actually worked with Bill Bellamy. So that was really cool. So it was, it was an awesome experience. He was just so sweet, so focused, you know, and just, I don't know. He's one of the, he's like a Superman, honestly. He's like one of those people that's like, and then he'd come on set like, all right, everybody, no, 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 you know, like so amped up and excited about what he does. So he just absolutely is where he needs to be. You know, I can't see him doing anything but, 
you know, acting. So yeah, so it was, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. So that's awesome. You went. Yeah. I'm, I've like, I wasn't really old enough to understand any of it, but my mom had been watching, you know, Shamar on daytime when I was a kid. So I've Young known his, yes, I've seen him. Right, I've been right. seeing his face like my whole life. And then when he mm-hmm. came on to Criminal Minds, I just really liked that show because like, it's such a mind it messes with you. Like you want to try to figure out who the killer is before they do. So I was, I would watch the show all the time. And then now he's on SWAT yeah. and he's really someone who I think people didn't expect he would level up as much as he has and I so I've seen yeah. it and I'm very proud yeah. of him and I was wondering if working with him did that pull anything out of you that you didn't expect of yourself yeah I mean I saw what real passion you know for the art was you know what I'm saying and I was just like you know what if I love my job even a fraction as much as he does I have chosen the right you know a place to you know play you know, yes. I mean, yeah, it's work. Don't get it twisted. It's work. But you're playing like you're living vicariously through these characters. And I always say with no repercussions, like how cool <laughs> is that? You know, but that said, you have to really love it because people see the outside. People see the end result. You know, the whole hurry up and wait scenario is yep. very applicable. <laughs> so once people actually get into that mode of actually working, the work of it all, the study and preparation, the, um, a lot of times that, you know, you have to be patient, you know, on set, they're kind of like, oh, this is so not what I expected. Oh my God. Like you really have to have a passion for it, you know, and a, a real true affinity because it just, it's either your shoe and you're going to fit it or it's not, you know? Because again, on the outside looking in, it looks very different from what it actually is, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, again, he was just full of life, full of, I mean, excitement, you know, about what he did. And I saw what true passion, true passion is, you know? So I'm, I'm not surprised. I, in fact, I have no idea how many seasons there have been of SWAT. I'm sure it's like, I don't know, 30 at this <laughs> It's been on forever, forever, dude. And Criminal Minds, yeah. he must have been on for at least 10 years before he left. At least. And at the least. last time I watched uh, The Young and the Restless was when they had brought him back because Christophe St. John had passed away. And, and I they had all gone them. back for the services. Yeah. Oh, my God. They I remember that watching way. that and seeing Shamar and watching it. And I know maybe to other people, it wasn't the same, but I remember watching it and saying, this is not a performance because you can tell, I don't know if it's because I've been studying films since I'm so young. Like the first film I ever saw was Wizard of Oz. And Mm -hmm. then I started getting into Marlon Brando with what three-year-old wants to watch that, but I did. And so (laughs) I fell in love with it. And I, like I told my mom, I was like, I'm either going to be an actress or they're going to put me in the psych work because like, there's nothing else. And when it I first had to be yeah. when I first started, I went to an acting class and the acting teacher's like, I don't like your hair. I don't like your face. You can't act. And instead of I could have said to that day, I'm never coming back. But I kept going and I kept going and I kept going and I kept taking her abuse for all the weeks. And I was devastated. And then so to the same teacher, you kept going. Yeah, you same- have to because you keep paid for the class, right? I had paid for this class, so oh, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, so yeah. I took I it. I don't like to waste money either. And then I got this agent who 
I was young and he thought I was dumb. So he's like, you don't have to have a side job. You can, we're going to have like a million dollars in a year. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, and I didn't even care about the money. I cared about just, I wanted to work and I believed all of it. And then, then I was heavier at the time. And that agent was like, you're too fat to be blonde. And I was, I had went to LA and I didn't tell him. And he was like, you're not allowed to be in LA. You didn't tell me you didn't book out and blah, blah, blah. And he was pissed off. And I was crying. I was like, great. I just lost my agent. And I swear to God, if there, I don't know if it's God or the universe or who or what, but somebody wanted me to know that day that regardless of what this teacher or this agent was saying to me, I was going down the wrong path because I was walking down towards sunset, like down La Brea when, and this is not a lie. People are always like, really? Quentin Tarantino pulled over his car and asked me, are you an actor? And I said, I don't, like I didn't recognize him, he had glasses on. But when he took his glasses off and he yelled out the window, excuse me. And I turned around and I saw he didn't have glasses on. I said, he was like, my name. And I was like, yeah, I, I know I know your, your name. And he was like, could you get in my car? Because now you're holding up traffic. And he just wanted to pull into the parking lot so he could talk to me. It wasn't oh anything God. sinister. It was nothing. Right, and, right. And, he, and we talked and he was like, I have something that I think you'd be good for. And he, and he kept, you know, he, and he was like, don't lose weight for this business. Don't try to change your face for this business. Don't dye your hair for this business because look at me. And I'm like, look at you. What? And he's like, I'm ugly. And they told me you'll never make a movie. And he goes, now they can't pay me enough to make the movies. And I was just like, I never do this because I'm not one of those people. Can I take a picture with you? Because no one will believe me. And he's like, yeah, sure. We took a picture. And I was in the mall one day and I saw that teacher. And I went up to her and I was like, you said nobody in this business would ever think that I was good enough. And then I just showed her the picture and she was like, oh, like her whole face just changed. And Quentin Tarantino was not, a, I knew who he was, but he was not like a director that I watched a lot of his work. Like I'm more of a Scorsese kind of person, obviously, because I, with Marlon Brando and then, you know, De Niro is like the current day Brando. And mm-hmm. she she looked so insulted that like somebody had had chosen to, you know, interact with me. And it was it was just a good like a few and someone else who I had on the show recently that you worked with recently. And I saw the film. It was great. Uh, Lazarel Lizon was, was with me and he was like, I just know that you're meant for this. And like he keeps in touch and he's great. So you worked uh-huh. with him on Never and Again and Unknown. Never and again, Anna. No, yes, yes, yes and yes, I yes. saw Unknown, and that movie is like very trippy. Did you find that one difficult? You or know was what? it just fun? He actually didn't tell me a lot of it, so he was just like, Wait till you see it, wait till you see it, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so, I'm just, yeah, so basically, you know, he called me and Master P, and he was just like, Okay, so here's your good, so it's kind of, um he wanted me to see the end result. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I have this brain, I have this idea in my brain, you know, help me execute it. And then you'll see exactly what this means or whatever, because it was really just kind of intertwined, Mm -hmm. you know, in it. And honestly, I don't know how he had this idea because it was so, um, it was a lead in or whatever, but only somebody with that kind of creative brain or whatever would have thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to set the tone a little different from the beginning in order that people will have even more of a roller coaster ride, you know, when they get on this thing. So it's cool. You know what I'm saying? To see how the mind of a, a writer 
You know what I'm saying? Words, because it's a different skill set. It's a completely different skill set altogether. So yeah, it was really cool. And it was nice to see, you know, the ride and like, oh, that's what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> so yes, he kind of kept it on the hush or whatever, but it ended up, I think, looking great and just like very suspenseful. Like you didn't know where the hell this thing was going to go. You yeah. know? I yeah, agree. it was cool. It was really cool though. Would you work with him again since you've done it twice? Is this somebody that you would like to collaborate with again? I mean, I'm open to anybody, any and everybody. Honestly, like I was about to say, you know, those folks or whatever that gave you so much crap in the beginning. I've only worked with one guy and it was actually pretty recently, like in the last maybe a year and a half. That's the first time I worked with an a-hole, like seriously, like even, you know, my teachers and stuff like that. Like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, I was like, these people do exist. Are you serious? Like it was, I was just so thrown, you know, on a loop or whatever. Cause I did not expect that. But for the other 99.9% of the projects i work with, I've had really good experiences you know what I'm saying there can't I can't tell you that another person or whatever stands out and it wasn't on the production side it was another actor you know that was like cringy as my daughter would say she's like mom <laughs> you're so cringe you don't even look old like, enough to have a kid <laughs> now I feel so old I'm just like cringe what's cringe and now I use it all the time like oh mom oh mom I'm like oh god okay now I'm the parent that is just outdated <laughs> and crap doesn't know <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, and and I will be honest. Um, for instance, there was a a, a, a production guy. I don't know if I should out or whatever. Okay, family business, right? So Trey and Indy, I'd work with them on their very very first feature, right? And Carl Weber, the writer, and I'm just like, okay, a whole lot of stuff right now. They must have forgot about old girl, you know? Because I'd be like, oh my god, congratulations! Oh my god, I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna pick up the phone. So I did. And I called Indy. I was like, hey, girl, how you doing? Um, I see you guys doing big things. I was like, you already got a part for your girl. She's like, Denise, absolutely. We <laughs> so basically not even a month later, they put me in the family business. It's like, okay. So it worked. So then I called another <laughs> chick that I'd worked for. Her name is Tressa. And I was like, Tressa. Now, you know that uh, we worked together on the very first, uh, it was, um, was it Insecure? I think it was Insecure. I'm almost positive it was Insecure. But anyway, I had worked with her on her very first production, another one. She takes movie after movie after movie, and now she's getting into series. And I was just like, well, it worked with Trey and Indeed. Let me go ahead and call Tressa. Tressa, so what's up? I <laughs> no lie. So about two months after that, she called. She's like, Denise, I got something for you. And then that was a Christmas movie with Bill Bellamy. So it was like, oh my God, this works. So yeah, I I love, you know, so far the folks I work with. So I always am open to the opportunity. So yeah, so far so good, you know, so far so good. So yeah, it's they got something the good, girl. Yeah, it's been the I'm same, like, yeah. Throw me and in it's there. weird because I have friends who have met like the same I mean, we're all actors. So we, we kind of, you know, cross paths with the same people. And my friend was like, I met Shia LaBeouf and he was just terrible. The worst person I've ever met. And I was like, no way, because 
a friend of mine did a film with Shia and I went to the premiere of the film and I was met with like warmth and like he was so kind to me and I was crying not about him about the film and he was like, uh, please don't cry on your friend because he has to do a Q&A and he's wearing a uh, green suit. Can you cry on me because I'm wearing black? And I'm like, OK, you know, just like he had like it depends, like, I guess, under what circumstance you meet someone, maybe what they're going through in their personal life. But when I met him, the, he had the biggest heart. And then I met people were telling me, you know, Mandy Patinkin is an asshole. And I was like, no, like this is one of my heroes. And when I met Mandy Patinkin nicest person like in the world even remembered my birthday uh sent me a video singing happy birthday jennifer garner sending me birthday cards like they like the the people are just that i've met jennifer i don't know anybody that says anything bad about jen yeah i love jen and again it's true i mean people don't remember sometimes that they're people too and they have bad days they're human. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, people have bad days and sometimes they're not on their P's and Q's. And that's just how it is. Because again, people have a preconceived notion of who these actors are again, because you get stuck. If they're doing a really good job, you get sucked into their character. You know what I'm saying? So you have a preconceived notion of who they are and how they're going to be. And when they're not that, and they don't live up to your expectations, like, Oh my God, you know? And if they, you know, sometimes, like I said, they could live up to expectations, but they had a bad day like rest of us. You know, sometimes you're high on, you know, like life or whatever. And sometimes you're like, damn, man, you know, so it's a roller coaster. It is. But at the same, I think it is important for people to remember that like musicians, actors, whatever, they're just human when when all the lights and the, everything co- goes off. They're just people, unless, Absolutely. of course, they happen to be weird people like me who are method and are maybe stuck in the in the character for like the duration of which is a bad habit that I learned from from watching a few too many Brando films I went into this acting class one day and my mom had had a surgery she almost died and I was at home watching all Robert De Niro movies because I was just angry and he was killing people. And I was like, OK, I'm going to live like Gary. Oh, wow. Yeah. I go to class and I'm talking like him. <laughs> And my Are teacher, yeah. And my teacher looks at me and he's like, "What is this?" And I'm and I'm like, "What do you mean? What is this? I'm doing the. You sent me these sides. I'm just doing my character." And he's like, "Why does your character sound like an old Italian man?" <laughs> That's what I told him, and he was like, "Please, for like two weeks, just for two weeks, please don't watch any of his movies because I can't have you doing this." Like I, I guess wow. I, had, I had absorbed it. I got out of it like after he mentioned it, but I didn't realize I was doing it because I was living in that world because I had to, because I was trying to cope with this idea wow. that my mom was going to die or whatever. Yeah, I had, this, yeah. I, but I escaped to way out there. And even once uh-huh. I got mad at someone, and I don't know if you've seen the the Marlon Brando film, The Wild One. And there's a line in that. Film. I know it, but I don't I can't say that I've watched it from beginning to end. So, there's a line yeah. in that film where he says to somebody, you think you're too good for me? Nobody's too good for me. Anybody who thinks you're too good for me, I'll knock them over sometime. And I said that to someone and the person was like, what? And I was like, sorry. <laughs> so you <laughs> it was sorry. Just, yeah, it was just I just remembered it just popped into my head. Like I really when I watch a film, I absorb it like. Okay. 
I could probably be Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man if I really, really wanted to, but I, I don't want to go there because that's a little weird. Wow. But you also You worked... don't want to be doing that to buildings and stuff. No. no. <laughs> that might not be a... You also you go trying to scale walls yeah, and really. stuff. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I just love Andrew's Spider-Man uh, from the standpoint of not the spider stuff, but where he's actually, where he's still and he's crying. And like- I don't really cry watching superhero movies, but his, mm. I did because his expressions were so real of, mm. of losing his uncle. And I lost everyone by the time it was 10, except my mom. So oh, when I wow. see the, when I see this pain on his face, then I'm crying because I'm living in, in my pain. But the thing is, is that's his job. His job is to make me feel something. So right. there's that right. you worked a long time ago, we'll say on Everybody Hates Chris very briefly. Oh God, yeah. Did you did. work with Michelle Lewis, the makeup artist? She was on here, so she I outed don't me. Remember? I <laughs> no? wish I knew. Ugh, I wish I knew all those names, but it was girl. It was like three lines, so I, <laughs> she. Like... I don't remember, and they don't. I mean, honestly, I mean they're all really nice, but yeah, you know, that's what when she you're said. Not part of the real cast, it's like okay, put a little blush. All right, thanks. All right, get out there, girl. You know, so yeah, but no, I can't say that I do. She I was on that, here. Fact, I just remember my hair. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I remember my hair being teased. And that's it. Yeah. So she was like some chick that was supposed to be like highfalutin, as they call it. And she was dropping off one of the sons. She was dropping off and she seemed to be flirting with the son, you know, a little bit. So she was a little inappropriate. <laughs> a little bit inappropriate. I, when Michelle was on <laughs> so here. Those three or five lines that I had. Uh huh. I like. Who's that? When Michelle was on here, the makeup artist, and even Jasper Cole was on here, and he had also been on Everybody Hates Chris. And I uh -huh. don't know why. I was like, you know, I used to watch that show, and I had a big crush on the kid who played Greg. And ever since I did that, I have people like never leaving me alone on Instagram asking me to get Vincent Martella to come on here. And I'm like, I don't want to talk what? to him. Was he the older brother? Was he? He the was like brother? a white kid that, like, he like a white Jewish kid. Okay, so the guy I was dropping off was the older brother. So, so that's the, who I was Chris's dropping off brother? in the car. Yes. Yes. The, the so he was the one I was dropping off. I can't believe I did that. But yeah. I mean, everybody has that one job that they're like, I can't believe I did this. Right. <gasps> oh my God. I mean, it was fun. It was cool or whatever. But yeah. Oh no, I've got blackmail material. That's well, not you it, did Days of Our Lives. Yes, I did. And I did soap acting is hard. Tell me about it. That is a whole other world. I mean, between the the acting of it, between the pace of it, between the fanatics of it, like it's just a whole other world. Like you don't realize how, I mean, these fans are like, woo. I mean, <laughs> add another character, you change a character. Yeah, I mean, they are like, like ready to pounce or whatever. And yeah, it's just, in fact, one of, <laughs> it was social media wasn't a thing or whatever back then. But I remember, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name because I worked with her on a play that I did for like a year. Mary Beth Evans, who was on there, was who I was the um, understudy for. 
oh my god I cannot remember her she has the most beautiful eyes or whatever and she was just like if people say something that's not very positive it's okay they do it all the time and I was just like oh my god I was like this is crazy like these fans like they are adamant about what they want to see and who they want to see portray like if they have a favorite or whatever, if you're stepping into some shoes, oh my God, you know, they're, they're serious, very serious. So yeah. So I'm sure if social media were there, she'd be like, don't read the comments. (laughs) They did. They do that a lot. Like Ben Affleck was told to stay off social media when he was cast as Batman because everybody was upset about it. But a lot of people don't know that in soap operas, things are like one or two takes and that's it. And you learn your lines like on the day. It It's it's a whole other world. Like I thought Tyler Perry was like the best training ground because he worked so fast. I mean, we'd put, and again, he broke the mold, you know, when it comes to series, you know, and dramas. His, yeah. Oh my God. And so if you, we always said, if you can survive, you know, Tyler Perry Studios, you have got it, you know? But I was like, dude, I don't think I was prepared for so Like this is, it is very fast. And you don't go back. Like they tell you what you need to, you say your line or whatever. And if you do something or whatever, they'll allow the other actor to lead you in or whatever. But there's no take twos. That's no. it. Like that's a wrap. Because they got multiple cameras covering you. So if you miss your mark, whatever it is, well, then they'll just go to the coverage of the other actor that's in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, it's it's a grind. Like people have no idea how much respect you know these peaks people deserve it's crazy yeah I, but cool. I, I mean I think once you do it forever you know then it's all good and somebody know? like Eileen Davidson who's been doing it forever sometimes yeah. I wonder why she doesn't leave because I think she should be a movie star but that's just me uh-huh. uh, who inspired you to get into acting and what would you say to someone else who's like wanting to get into it and maybe thinks that they're not good enough that is you know I I hate and I hate to tell this story because it's so random, but I never aspired to be an actor. Like I just I I say I just wanted to get out of the backwoods of Louisiana. Like I just wanted to, you know, I wish I could say something more profound, but I've kind of fell into the world of acting. So I just like I said, I wanted to get off the farm in the backwoods of Louisiana. I got a scholarship, thankfully, because I knew my family, you know, of you know, they couldn't afford it. Went to LSU, got my degree. I started out in um, pre-med. Don't ask why. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Who knew? I I never wanted to be a doctor, whatever. And so I went into communications because I was like, oh, I can talk. Oh, I can make a living at talking. So the closest thing to quote acting I came to was I wanted to be um, a journalist. Like, I oh my to God, me too. That's exactly, well, I, I, my, like I told you, my grandpa showed me Wizard of Oz. I was four little, I was less than four, but for four years, I was, I was the Wizard of Oz. And he, I, before he died, I think he knew that I was going to become an actress later, but my mm-hmm. dad didn't support that. So I was like, well, I'll go to journalism I'll, because that I can be on TV and I can, you know, and then I couldn't do it. I was like, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people feel good. I don't want to report that somebody lost their child today. So I'm going, I'm going to do this. That's exactly why I stopped. See? That's exactly why I stopped. I covered a, um, I covered a story and this guy got electrocuted. The kid had no idea. And you got to put a microphone in this kid's face 
you know, the grandmother's next to him, but she was, you know, really mature, I'll call it. And she didn't know, you know, so I'm interviewing this kid or whatever, who has no idea that right over there under a sheet that yo daddy ain't there no more. And I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm not, I was like, this is not what I made for or whatever. And I switched to advertising. So I moved to Dallas or whatever and did it. And that's where all of the, I say, coincidences started, you know, where my clients started putting me in front of the camera. Then I ended up getting um, an agent again, just haphazardly or so. And then um, once I got that agent, she was like, Hey, I got a house or whatever in Los Angeles, come out and visit and you have a place to stay. And I was like, what? what's going on? So it got to the point where I couldn't say no. You know, it's like all these coincidences, I couldn't say no. And so I'd just been married for six months. And so I was like, okay, that's going to be it. My husband was saying no. And he's going to be like, nope. He's like, yeah, I'll meet you there. And I was like, you serious? Like, yeah. So any roadblock I could have blamed it on didn't work. And so, um, yeah, I came out here and I met with Suze, who was the original person I met in Dallas. And then Jasper. So I met with both of them and now Jasper, Jasper Cole. I love Jasper. And he is my manager till this day. We're about to make 20 years. I didn't know he managed. We were on here. He never told me anything about that. Uh Uh-huh. See, well, he's an actor. So he was being a thespian or whatever at the time. But yeah. He had a lot to talk about. Yeah. He was just telling me about some person stalking him and like all these crazy things. Oh, Jasper's got stories. Oh, he's fascinating. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful person. Yeah. I seen his film. He's a great person. Yeah. He's a great person. And and so that's it. That's your yeah. story. It just happened. You just fell into it. Fell into it. And but you when fell I started, into it and you're good. That's that's a beautiful part is that you're good at it. And I think you love it. Because when you talk I about it, it, you look happy. And that's. I love it. That's yeah. And again, I would have never predicted it. But, you know, you do what feels good, you know. And that's why I say, you know, there's an, a natural affinity. If you're supposed to do this you do, you know, I can't say I went to Juilliard or whatever. I neither can I. I had no acting experience. Yeah. I had no acting experience. I came out. I have Jasper knew people, Suze knew people and they put me, that's how I got days of our lives. Yeah. Her name was Fran Bascom. I remember it vividly. And Suze was really good friends with Fran and Fran gave me a part on the young, on, um, I mean, the rest of those days of our lives. And that's that's how I got my feet wet. On episode, yeah. I mean, it makes, my my whole trajectory makes no sense or whatever. But I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be, and it feels good, and it feels right, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you just, I'm just gonna mention real quickly because that's- you mentioned about you know Lazarelle being a writer. My mentor is also a writer. She's an Academy Award nominated writer. When I met her, oh, wow. I had no idea who she was. That's when I went to the to the film festival to meet Brian Cranston. We kept in touch. And I later found out that she was, you know, Oscar nominated for writing The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And she had written Little Women and she had uh, she wrote Matilda, which is a film that I seen with my grandfather. And she I kept telling her, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm good enough. And she was like, you are. And the more she was telling me, the more I started to believe it. And her husband's a writer. Uh, His father was obviously Aaliyah Kazan, who discovered Uh, Marlon Brando. uh. It, it, like wow. their whole fa- their whole family it is comes just back to Brando. but it comes back it to the thing to it comes back to the thing that I think made me want it the most and to have that mm-hmm. come 
to meet somebody who I, I could never meet Brando. I, I mean, he died. He's been dead 18 years, right. but I could meet somebody who right. could tell me you are enough. And that it's was connected to, to have those mentors is so important. But before, before meeting her, I actually didn't realize how important a writer was. I was like, Oh, they just show up and do the job. Because I'm not, I didn't know what I was doing. And she was like, you are like, nobody knows. And just bringing it back to the coincidences. I there mean, are no coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that reinforcement you've gotten along the way or whatever to give you that positivity to keep on going. There's a reason for that. Well, you you've know? just given it's me some not, too. Not, yeah. I mean, it's that you're, I mean, we're here for a reason. Like, it's like, you know, you can live in denial and ignore, you know, all those signs or whatever, or you can just be like, you know what, I'm just going to step out on faith and see where it takes me. Just so, the fact that you almost, we, here almost, we are. <laughs> no, but I mean, we both almost went, well, you did go, but I didn't go as far as to actually go into journalism to hear you say that it's like somebody else telling me that I made the right decision. And so yeah. Like, thank you for coming on the show and talking to me about your amazing work, which I'm going to plug everywhere because I want people to see it. I've seen Aww, most you. of it. I want to see what's next, which I can't reveal thank what's you. next, but she's doing something very exciting next. And I'm sure you're going to be wonderful <laughs> at it. And I, and thank you for encouraging me thank because you. by encouraging me, you are encouraging someone else who's listening to do the same thing. And that's so important. There's so many people and that's out there. part of why I'm here too. Yes. If I can serve as an inspiration or whatever, for you anybody, are an inspiration. Oh God. You, thank you are an inspiration. You. Really everybody in this such... business, I call them family. And I told that to Lazarell and he was like, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And I, but I mean it because every wow. time we're all connected through this craziness of wanting to you know, make other people laugh and make their lives better by just being something, by stepping outside of ourselves and into mm -hmm. something else. And mm -hmm. by doing that, you don't even, you could be saving a life. And that is the most beautiful thing about what In we do. So keep, yeah. keep doing this because you're incredible. I'm going to promote the crap out of this episode because I think a lot of people <laughs> will resonate with it. Some people resonate more with, with one person than the other. And right. something else that I love about you is that you are a woman of color and there needs to be much more representation. Who, my, my, my beautiful mentor introduced me to, I'm sure you know this name. I don't even have to say the last name, Ava DuVernay. And oh, she, when she, I was like this in yeah. front of her and she's like, hi. And I'm like, you have such nice hair. Like I was just shocked. And she's present. like a force. Like you meet certain people and you just like, I don't know what to say right Forced now. Forced to I reckon mean, she has with. an energy. Yeah. And she Oprah's like that. Me. Like that. And there's two more people that are like that. Jill Scott and Erica Badu. I know who they <laughs> all are. And sometimes people will say that to me. You, you're you into like black music. And I'm like, it's not black music. It's just music. Like Music. I mean, it's there's music. different genres, but like. Michael Jackson ain't never made a black song or a white song. When it appeals to you <laughs> and nourishes your spirit, that's all that matters. Absolutely. And that's more women like matters. you. We need are to all step connected up. by that. Absolutely. Step into Absolutely. this industry. Absolutely. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. You are beautiful inside and out. Oh, thank you. You're you are such positive energy, though. Thank you for having thank me. You. No, it's it's and a thank you for baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, it is baby Yoda. <laughs> baby Yoda. 
I love you. You too. <laughs> Have a great uh, meeting Thank that I made you. you five minutes late for. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's all good. You all are right. worth it. It's all Aww, good. You are worth it as well. Have a wonderful day. Have will, a good sure. one. Okay. It's nice you meeting too. you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I didn't say it at the beginning, but I'll say it now. Hi, Bobby. So yay. This means I will live for another week. Nobody's going to send Chucky to my house or, you know, whatever. Bobby will not kill me. This is great news for those of you who are new to the podcast. Bobby is my oldest and dearest friend. Um, he's listened to every single show. And if I don't say hi to him, he gets very upset like a little boy. He'll have like a little tantrum. And we don't want that. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this interview with Denise Boutet. Um, it's been a lot of, um, oh my gosh, I really need to stop that. I'm trying to, when you try to kick a habit, I feel like you do it more. So I keep saying, um, because I'm like consciously trying not to say it. So there's been a lot more of these interview episodes, which were meant to be bi-weekly. Um, here, I just said it again. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real and honest with you guys. I could edit this all out, but I'm not going to because- I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm an actress, but I'm not a host. I'm just an actress who likes to talk to people. These are not interviews. They're in conversations. I'm not, I'm just not a host, but I do enjoy talking to people and I do enjoy doing my solo episodes, which I do from time to time. But as I said, it's just been, there's been an influx of people wanting to be on the show and that's been great. And I haven't felt the need to push them off to, you know, another week, another week, another week because what they have to say is valid and it's um, eminent. It, it needs to, it needs to be said now, not in two weeks or a week or whatever. So I don't, I don't delay them. I, I give you guys the interviews as they're recorded. So usually within a week. So now, you know, <laughs> I will have pay here next week. I swear to God, like come hell or high water. I will have pay on the show next week. I promise. She says a lot going on as we all do, but I'm very excited to bring back Pei, who is one of my best friends and I love her very much. And she's a lot of fun. And we're just going to have, I guess we'll call the episode girl talk part two, because we're just going to do some girl talk and it's just going to be general fun and nonsense. And hopefully you will enjoy that as much as you enjoy these interview or in conversations. I enjoy them so much because I learn so much and I hope that you guys are learning too. So I want to thank you for tuning in. And if this is your last time tuning in, um, I want to wish you the best life ever. But I hope that this is not your last time tuning in because this show is really just getting on its feet. Like it's 56 episodes in, but it's really just now finding its footing. Like we have, or I shouldn't say we, because this is a one woman production. Uh, myself and my guests have a five-star uh, rank on Spotify, which is mind-blowing. And we are charting in Canada, UK, and United States on Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review because that also helps. Um, review it on Spotify. Review it wherever you get your podcasts because we are available there. Wherever you, you can hear a podcast, you can hear my annoying voice. <laughs> Isn't that great? No, probably not for you, but um, I didn't think... I never thought I'd be doing this for 56 weeks. And here, here we are. We're going on week 57. So I'm very glad that you tuned in. And I want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, big shout out to my sponsors, the TB12 Method, who still don't know that they are sponsoring me, but to whom I give shout outs every week. 
Uh, also, Ignorant Gentlemen's Club on Etsy. It's not really a sponsorship. It's a friendship. Uh, a friend of mine has a great coffee brand. It's I don't know if you'd call it a coffee brand. It's like a lifestyle brand. And he sells coffee and like apparel. So you can check that out. Etsy.com slash ignorant underscore gentlemen. Do not let the name fool you. Ladies, you can shop there too because everybody needs coffee. <laughs> also, big love to Huxware. You can find them on Instagram at H-U-X underscore W-E-A-R. That is the camel toe concealing moisture wicking underwear for women. Unfortunately, they don't have a men's line yet. I asked. Check them out. Great product. And I'm not just saying that. I actually... Not that you needed to know, but I actually wear this underwear. <laughs> this just got awkward, didn't it? Um, so yeah, as you know, my name is Melanie and I'm an awkward little weirdo. Um, if you <laughs> really got to stop saying um, if you have a guest that you'd like to suggest or a topic that you'd like to suggest, you can send me those suggestions on Twitter at a blonde who talks, A B L O N D E W H O T A L K S. And I will do my best to get those guests for you and to um, make those topics, uh, make those topics come to life because some topics I'm not versed in. And I don't really think that it's a good idea for me to, for example, get on here and talk about soccer. You know, I have a British friend who keeps trying to tell me that soccer is really football and football is handball. And I'm getting really tired of that guy. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. I'm tired. When, when I get silly like this, you, you know that I'm tired. I've had like a day or something. So again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your suggestions. Thank you for the love. And thank you for 19,000 followers on Twitter, which is amazing. I mean, there's a bunch of you who are following me on Instagram and in Twitter personally. But 19,000 for the podcast is incredible. And the listenership is way more than that. It's insane. I will reveal the numbers one day. Thank you for tuning in. I love you. Genuinely love you. I hope you have a great day, week, month, year, whatever it is. Um, and I will be back here next week saying um, again. So I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.